coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. And we got a special guest all the way from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. The owner of Century Martial Arts, which is, for you guys that don't know, first of all, if any of you guys don't know about Century Martial Arts, I don't even know what to tell you. But since most of you do, we got the owner of Century Martial Arts right here, which is the biggest martial arts supplier, I'm going to say in the world. Is it in the world? I think so. It is? Yeah, I think so. Wow. That's kind of a big deal. It's a really you, big deal. Do you like... I'm not, do you ever feel like... Like, I, like I'm... I feel like I'm kind of a big deal. Like, I got the pit. So when I wake up, it's like, oh, shit, I got the pit. And then Doc, when he wakes up, he goes, oh, I'm an I'm a, a orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> Every morning. But, like, <laughs> when you wake up, do you, like, say, does it, just, does it hit you or do you just kind of, it's just, you're so used to it. It's like, I own the biggest martial arts supply company in the world. Do you think that a lot? I don't, but I do think it's the best job I ever had. Yeah. Yeah, the longest I've ever kept one job, about 45 years. 45 years. And you started <clears throat> sewing geese in your in your garage? Uh, yeah, so it wasn't my garage, it was my parents' garage, but yeah. And then, how? what kind of bulk were you, of, of geese were you, first of all, did you sew them yourself, like with a pattern? No, I didn't in Korea. I uh, imported some from Korea. Okay, so you started making them. And was it called Century then? Yeah. From the very beginning? Yeah, pretty much. And then you started selling geese. Okay, and then how long did that last and what was next? Well, we started making geese. And we started off making the pro pant, I think in 19, mid-1970s, so it was bell-bottom pants, elastic waistband, hip pocket, uh, trying to make it fit a little better than the one we were importing. Yeah, and then, <clears throat> so you started selling geese. Now how are you getting, how, so from your garage, how are you getting it to all the martial arts schools? Eventually we bought an ad in Black Belt Magazine. And that was your first. That was your first uh, ad. That was the first ad for in Black Belt Magazine. I sent out a few flyers, but I was having to hand address them and dig up addresses out of phone books and look for the zip codes, stuff like that. It was kind of a slow process. The advertising was better. It's not like that anymore, is it? Do what? Not, it's not like that anymore, is it? Well, Black Belt Magazine is still a great place to advertise, but yeah, now we actually have a catalog. Do you know Black Belt Magazine was my favorite magazine for 
probably three quarters of my life. Uh, it's my favorite magazine still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're you're making geese in your garage. Well, in your parents' garage, and then, and then, what's the next step? What What did you start selling after geese? Uh, sparring gear. Like the mitts. Mm-hmm. And sh- and foot foot pads. Mm-hmm. Foot pads, gym pads, headgear. Yeah. How did you make those? Well, we didn't make them at, at first. We had Junior made them for us. Uh, he's, I'm always be a fan of his. He was a great guy. Uh, we eventually opened our own factory. Just <clears throat> critical mass to go do that. Uh, if you if you look back, if you research this, we had the first patent on uh, gloves used in the UFC. Yeah. Called gloves. Had no. Huh? And you? <clears throat> what year was that? Uh, probably 1977, 78. Are those the ones that look like the ones in uh, Enter the Dragon? No, those had fingers. We we had gloves that didn't have fingers or padded. You know, they were sparring gloves. They were kind of controversial at the time because our competitors said you, people would get poked in the eye. Certainly, that's a risk. Yeah. Red gloves. <clears throat> now. Let's, let's fast forward a little bit. You guys were making the gloves for the actual UFC for a while, weren't you? We did that for about a dozen years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many were they getting from you? I don't know. You'd have to ask somebody in purchasing or sales. They were getting quite a few. I mean, we sold them to UFC, made them for the UFC, mm-hmm. but we sold most of them to sporting goods stores. Was it the exact same glove? Yes. Wow. <clears throat> okay, so you go from garage to your first warehouse factory, mm-hmm. and how big was that? I mean, well, I moved to a shopping center and had a little space there. Started making geese there, but we it was basically a zoning violation. We actually got ticketed for it, so we had to move to a warehouse, develop a sewing factory. Did you, did, you, did you ever have a storefront? Sure. I know you do now. You've been there. We've got a, a showroom. No, I know you do now, but back then, did you have a storefront, or was it all done in a factory? Well, we had a storefront, but I've had bigger closets. It wasn't very big. Yeah. Huh. All right, so you go from there to there. I'm tr- I'm, I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is get the progression. Well, you know, we moved to a shopping center, and then we had two spaces in the shopping center, and then we had three spaces in the shopping center, and then some employee got fired. I fired, filed a grievance with the city about zoning just to get even. We moved to a warehouse. About 1981, we bought a 50,000-foot building where we're at now. There had been a blue jean factory. We got a bunch of sewing machines with it. That kind of boosted things. And we added on, added on. Uh, Add on some more. Now it's about ten times that big. It's about a half million square feet. So you have five hundred thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. That's pretty damn big. And that's where is that? Is that in your hometown there? Yes, Oklahoma City. So is everything made in the U.S.? 
No, there came a day when we did make everything in the U.S. I wish we still did, but there came a day when we couldn't be price competitive on uniforms made in the U.S. We still make a lot of uniforms in the U.S., but your basic student uniforms made in either China or Pakistan. Tell them about your, you guys make karate gi pants with pockets. We made those for John Hackleman. <laughs> came out and trained with John. So he was wearing, he, you know, he wore his fanny pack and his gi all day long, every day, which is pretty much what I wear most days. I thought, you know, we shouldn't have to get big that fanny pack. We could just put pockets on these pants. So we attribute pants with pockets to John Hackleman. Nice. <laughs> Thank you very much. And they're my, fa oh my God, you don't even know. I love these so much. But anyway, okay. So. Well, I got a quick question. Speaking of John Hackleman, I'm always fascinated to find out how long he's known some people, but how long have you known John? Oh, oh John. John came out to Oklahoma City a few years ago for, for a five. See, I got a broke hand, but uh, I think I think Jan, uh, John told me he thought I worked for Dan Bauer. Dan Bauer was president then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the time that's fine, but uh, we've been friends a long time. <laughs> I thought Bull. What's this Bulldog? No, Mad Dog. What's his nickname? Uh, Dan, he called himself Mad Dog. Sometimes. Mad Dog, yeah. I thought he, yeah, I thought he was your boss. Sorry about that. But anyway, because you, oh, let me tell you something. Let me explain. <clears throat> okay, so he's the boss. Um, but like all of us, not all of us, like everybody in the world, but like us martial arts guys, especially MMA guys, a couple things that we're into. Like, one thing is watches. Watches. Dan was into watches. We're, but we're into watches, too. So, like, we always have fancy, expensive watches. So, since you were wearing, a like, a $45 Casio, I'm not saying I judge people on their watches, and it's not right, but I was like, <clears throat> okay, so there's that. He has a Casio watch. And then the last time I came to visit... You picked me up at the airport. First of all, I don't think like the owner of uh, the biggest martial arts uh, distribution distribution company in the world, five hundred square foot, you know, factory, etc. Usually they'll send someone to pick me up because I went out there to do uh, a seminar, and then uh, so I was expecting like somebody to pick me up, and then you pull up, and it's like. A, a, a Ford F-150 and I was like where's your like where's your other car he goes yeah it's my only car that is my only car so I mean it could be a little deceiving right I don't think so you're special that's why I pick you up oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh thank <laughs> but no because you're you're if you ever read the book uh, the the, the millionaire next door, I mean, you'd be like the perfect, you would fit that, like just the regular self-made 
guy that doesn't have to like wear a fancy watch. Like I'm not even self-made or anything made. I'm not even made yet. I'm just like trying to be made. And I'm like, and I, I try to wear a fancy watch. I drive a Honda Civic, so I'm not really, I can't go there. But, but I try to be a big shot. Like, you know, I try to like be like, hey, I got this. I'm cool, you know. I got the big watch. I got the fancy this. But, like, you don't do that. So it's like you're, it's kind of deceiving. You know what I mean? Uh, I, so I, I didn't, I got. Hey, I think you are self-made. And, and B, I'm too rough on watches. It's been, <laughs> maybe I'm just too tight to, to buy the watch. Yeah. But, okay, when did you, when did you start training martial arts? 1969. Wow, a year before me. And what, uh, what style was your first style? Was it Goju? No, it was Shonru. Shonru. I did study for a year, a little bit more than a year. I studied it. I took a job in Bombay, India, working for an oil company, and I studied Goju there. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I lived, lived in Korea, and, and I'd already studied Taekwondo for four or five years. I lived in Korea for a year and studied Taekwondo there. I came back and studied Kung Kwan with Roger Green. I really enjoyed that. And Tom Sudo, Chuck Norris, still enjoy that. Uh, you know, I, I studied judo with Pat Burleson, who was the 1974-1976 Fighter of the Year by Bill Magazine. Enjoyed that. I studied a little bit of Kempo with John Hackleman. Certainly enjoyed that. <laughs> matter of fact, we have uh, Ted Sumner out here. Who's a Tracy's Kempo Kempo instructor? Instructor last week. Enjoyed his classes. Yeah, I gotta come out again. <clears throat> okay, so what? Bring James. Have yeah. you Have you been out to visit the pit here? I enjoyed it. Yeah, he came out. You came out twice. Hmm? You came out twice. Yeah. Yeah. Once was with uh, who else? Was it with the Bulldog Mad Dog? Or was it who else came with you? Maybe David Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was probably David Wall. But okay, so so you're a lifelong martial artist. So now your your job is uh, providing uh, the world with the best martial arts equipment in the world. That's that's uh that's like you wake up every day and it's like you're you don't have to work another day in lo your life because your job is your passion. That's kind of the way it is. I, mean, I love my job. I still teach classes every day. Still train every day. Yeah. If want that stuff. And, and you got your son and your son-in-law working. They're your two. Uh, they're your two uh, up-and-comers. They are. They're both doing a good job. Yeah. They're both tough as nails too. Yeah. And they're very competitive, aren't they? They are. My son-in-law is an excellent jujitsu player, and my son is. Studies jujitsu and also Kung Kwan with it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty like his gym, his his factory has an actual full-on dojo in it. It's pretty cool. Did you get to train there? Or yeah, I, there? I did. We did some classes there and trained there, and we started working on the 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 Dillard Blitz. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit. Our gym here is a little bit modeled after your, the pit. Yeah? yeah? I just saw how you hang your bags and stuff like that. We built some racks like you have. 
swim around the outside of the mat. Spe- yeah. Speaking of those racks, I train in his Kempo class. Are those standard issue bags that you sell him? <laughs> <laughs> we made John a couple of special ones. Yeah, I think we have like eight of them in the front room. <laughs> oh my god, I get so many. It's like not only so many. I get daily, daily, every day, every day. People are like, "Ah, oh, these bags are so hard." I love it. <laughs> those are special issue, I think. No, and they should be. That's what people. If it because when people hit bags, most bags are so soft. And then when you hit someone, you hit their chin bone or you hit their head, it's not that soft. So you've got to prepare for that. And I think I think your guys' heavy bags are like, uh, I think they're perfect. I love them. Best ever. You do. I like them a little bit softer. You know, I've got the broken hand. From- you broke his hand sparring with your stepson or your, uh, your son-in-law or your son? My son. Your son. Surgery or just a cast? Is what? Did they have to operate on you? No, I had a couple of hours of surgery. They put a metal plate in it. I just, I just broke the first knuckle, but I, I didn't break the knuckle. I broke the metatarsal, metacarsal, in five, in five pieces. Oh, you did a good job on it. Did you really? keep, did you keep sparring once it was broken? Uh, I finished teaching the class for another thirty minutes, but I didn't hit him again with it. It was my knuckle was pushed back almost to my wrist. It was kind of gross. We gotta work on some more mocky wire when it heals up. <laughs> yeah, I think I studied your I studied your uh, blog about Wolf's Law. Yeah, I realized that I actually do do a lot of you know, weight training like everybody else, but it doesn't build my hand because I hold the bar in the palm of my hand. Yeah. Doesn't get strengthened. Yeah, we, I don't know if you saw John's x-rays, but I x-rayed his hand in my office and compared it to uh, the same age, some another male. It's a pretty striking difference with how much bone you can build up from that. All right. Well, I sent him a copy of my x-ray plate in my hand. Oh, good. <laughs> it's well, if you ever worked out with John, you know he's he's always punching the makiwara as part of the warm-up, so... It is. I'm, I'm believing it works too. I think we should get together and, and work on a Sentry Makiwara. Well, maybe so. Yeah. Do, do you sell one? Sure. Yeah. 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 I have it. I have it in my office. Yeah. So we got that, and then you're still, you're still, uh, you're still, you're still training. You're still teaching your classes. You're still running the biggest martial arts. Uh, um, you know, manufacturing company in the world. What what's uh, what's next? What what do you see in the next five years? For me? Yeah. A lot of skiing. I've skied about forty days so far this year. And it's kind of keeping me busy. It's a little bit hard. I had an injured foot the first half, and I've skied about twenty days with a broken hand. That scares me because if I fall on it, it's a kind of a setback. Uh, you know, after I retired the first time from from fighting, I I went and found out that I could play racquetball using some of the same skills. I had good eye-hand coordination and fairly fast reflexes like all of us do, all the black belts do. And, uh, that that was fun, fun hobby, but it doesn't go anywhere. 
you know, play a little racquetball. And then some people invited me to a performance driving school in Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, called Bondurant. I found out that uh, in race car driving, you need some of the same skills. You need uh, long periods of intense concentration and eye-hand coordination and you know, the ability to keep your eye on what you're doing. I raced cars for about 12 years, uh, kind of retired from that, and climbed mountains for four or five years. And uh, again, that neither one of those pay worth a darn, so I can't start skiing more, hiking around the mountains in Colorado. How many, how many countries have you been to? Do you know? No. You've been to like... He, if you ask him, ask him any country, any city in the country, I guarantee you've been there. <laughs> you tra- do a lot of travel. Sounds like you're traveling before martial arts too. Yeah, for work. I worked. I worked internationally. Uh, not very many people know it, but I do have a degree in accounting. Uh, I'm the world's worst accountant. I couldn't sit at the desk for any time, but uh, I worked in India and Dubai as an accountant. United Arab Immigrants. Uh, then when we started started the uniform business, I traveled uh, more to India. I to Korea. Traveled to China a lot. My favorite place is probably Africa. Where, where in Africa? What's that? What's that island? Madagascar. Is that your favorite place? No, I, I actually haven't been in Madagascar, but I mean, I like Tanzania a lot. South Africa is fine, Botswana, Zimbabwe, uh, Kenya, Rwanda. So, so out of the whole world, countries in Africa are your favorite? It's probably my favorite place to visit, that or Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a stark uh, difference. Huh? It is. How's it? I would recommend to everybody that they take a week out of their life and go hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. It's kind of fun. It doesn't cost very much. You live in a tent. Uh, and we hike around Colorado a lot. Yeah. So you have a place in Aspen? Yeah. Yeah. I got to get out there, man. <coughs> I got to get out there. All right. So let me ask you about uh, the UFC. Are you a big follower of the UFC? I love the way those guys fight. They're tough as nails. I just, I just don't watch that many fights. Really? What do you yeah. sp- besides skiing? What do you spend most of your time when you're in Oklahoma, doing? Uh, nothing special. I play tennis a little bit. Yeah. Raise kids. Play with my dog. Hang out with my wife. Yeah. Dars. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's interesting. So, did you grow up in Oklahoma? I did. So that's home for you. It is. Oklahoma City. It's beautiful there. I didn't. I didn't think I'd like it as much as I do. But how many employees do you guys have? About three hundred. That's craziness. When you come back out here. Uh, first chance I get. I have a great time out there, John. I like. Yeah. Last time I was there, I was just recovering from back surgery, so I was kind of on the injured reserve list, but. Next time we'll get together, we'll... You got to make sure your hand heals up. We got to we gotta work on the blitz more. We do. We do have to. 
But we're going to bring it up. Like, you guys, you know, you can't hit in the face. But we've got to bring that same, the same, uh, the same movement, the same blitzing movement. But we want to bring it to the face. You can't. Yeah. I like to lead with the left to the face. And, uh, you know, we study, we have a great situation at Century. We have a lot of instructors come by and train with us. And they, we always invite them to come teach class. And that's a good deal. We learn a lot from them. Everybody has something to teach, sometimes in much better ways to explain it. And so when they're only there for one day, we usually get their best stuff. So uh, me and my Black Belt Sierra Century kind of become the repository of knowledge for a lot of different systems and, and teaching styles. And so we hear a lot and, and we study it. My Kurt Happen, my chief engineer, head of R&D, he's a black belt and uh, he's all the time, I mean, he's a research and development, but a lot of the research and development he does is about how to do martial arts yeah. and what the best arts are. So it's really fun. And, yeah. and we hear how people close the gap and how they blitz and how they teach it and how they explain it. And some of it's really good stuff. I really enjoy that. Yeah. We got to, speaking of R&D, we need to make that MMA uniform. Yeah. T tell Kurt to give me a call. He's been on, he's been, he's been brushing me off for a long. I want to make a, I want to make an MMA uniform. What is it? What is it going to be? It's going to be a combination of, uh, like of a jujitsu uniform and a karate uniform, but then also we work out more, like we get more sweat going than jujitsu or karate. So an MMA class would be a little more of everything. So it'd be like, uh, I think it'd be more kicking pants. So it's gonna be wider, but then still have the 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 cover over the knees because they're gonna spend a lot of time grappling, and then the the punching. Uh, it's going to be a little more, uh, a little more uh, like a jujitsu gi, but short sleeves, and not the thick collar because there'll no, there'll be no collar chokes or collar moves. There'll be no uh, wrist, uh, you know, gi gi sleeve techniques. So it'll be kind of like a karate style, but it'll have a more of a jujitsu feel, but but a but a uh, not such a thick collar. And then the pants, like I said, they'll be like karate pants. But they'll be a little bit lighter because we do so much working out. But they'll have uh, reinforcement over the knees. Sounds good to me. Can we oh. name it after? <laughs> the pit, the pit MMA gi. Well, I miss, I miss the days of the UFC when the guys would come out in a gi. You know, they that was early on, but they would come out wearing a gi to fight. Yeah, those days are over, but. Still, GSP would come out to the ring with a gi on. They can't even do that anymore. Nope. No. Is that is that a is that a Reebok deal over yet, or is it going to be over soon? You know. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's going to be over real soon. You think that we knew it? No. I think it was a bad deal for Reebok. Uh, no. I think I think a lot of the fighters didn't like it. Um. And maybe it wasn't a great deal for UFC. I don't know. I think it was a really good deal for Reebok from what I heard. But the main people who didn't like it, I think, were the fighters because they couldn't get sponsors, you know? Have you ever, before they had that deal, did you guys ever sponsor a fighter? 
you know, we sponsored a bunch of fighters in different ways, but we're not going to, we, we're not set up to go to a, a, a fight and sell 3,000 t-shirts or something, or, you know, we're just not just a t-shirt company, and there's a lot of people that do that, and they do a great job, and they've got their market niche, it just isn't ours, so, you know, in, in karate, you've got hand pads, and foot pads, and head pads, and mouthpieces, and and cups and supporters. Everybody gets a new belt every few months and a lot of stuff to sell. In UFC, you've got rash guards and gloves and, and I can't really make a living off that. No, but I mean, like, like sponsor a fighter where he puts a Sentry logo on his shorts and you pay him X amount. We have. Oh, you have? Yeah. have. The problem there is, what I guess what I'm trying to say is that the people that are watching that, that are, that are really into the UFC, are not necessarily the same people that buy our products. So it's not exactly yeah. our target all yeah. the time. I would, think, I would think a lot of traditional karate guys love the UFC too, though. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they do. A lot of, a lot of them do. But the fact that so much general public watches the UFC... Yeah, they won't. Price up of sponsoring that fighter. I, I'm not sure I compete with somebody that's getting six figures for, for wearing a, a t-shirt. Yeah, like tap out. Did you guys I, ever? Did you ever get involved with tap out at all? Did you ever do anything with them? We did. I I, I love those guys. I, I think they're they're a lot of fun and uh, they're kind of crazy sometimes, which is fun. Uh, you know, their rise and and wherever they are today, I wish them the best, uh, somewhat came with sponsorship. Yeah. And sponsorships are expensive. A lot of times you see a fighter come in and say, well, I, you know, I get, I get $50,000 for wearing this, this t-shirt out. And I said, really? He says, yep, that's my contract. And I say, have you been paid yet? And they go, and I'm not talking about tap out, but I'm talking about some other brands. And they go, nope, haven't got paid yet, but I've got a contract. <laughs> well, in reality, they find it hard to collect on those contracts a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, you, you've seen that story before. The tap-out guys were great, though. I, I, I love working with them. Just, you know, what, what a, they've got a great story. They're hustlers. They're true martial artists. I wish, I wish they were still around, man. I love them. You know, uh, yeah, they were, they, were, they were unbelievable. They were such a good... Uh, yeah, I don't get to see them anymore. Ever since, uh, I don't know, since they, you know, I think they sold it out, you know? I they mean, literally, I think they sold it, and then it just kind of went under, right? Right. As a matter of fact, I tried to call Punk I couldn't, I couldn't get uh, whatever number I had for him didn't work. Oh, yeah? I'll send, I'll text it to you. Okay. Yeah. So all right, so that's what we got. We got we got a lot of we got a lot of info from Mike Dillard, the owner of uh, the owner and founder of uh, Century Martial Arts. Well, I'll tell you, John brought me back to martial arts. Uh, I did martial arts when I was younger in Taekwondo, but then I went off and went to school. I got sidetracked with sidetracked with medicine and other things. But when I was forty, I got I got to know John, and he he reeled me back in. And gave me my Century Gi that I've been wearing for years now. So thank you. <laughs> it's great. It's holding up great. Um, 
but John pulled me back in, gave me a century gi, and said, you're coming to class. So, um, so I wear that proudly every week. So thank you. I hope it adds plots on the pants. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite, what's your favorite gi? Uh, probably 12 ounce brush cotton pants with pockets. Okay. Because uh, that's, it's good. I like the last boys band. Yeah. I'm liking that one. I'm liking that one too. The the twelve brushed uh yeah. That's one uh that's the one I'm wearing all the time. So I wanna thank you for that. You bet, John. Thank you for the idea. <laughs> well anyway, well thanks for everything, man, and you're a legend. Love love uh first of all I love Sentry. because um, I've been I've been I've been getting Sentry stuff since the mid to early eighties, yeah, since the, since the, like eighty four. So I've been buying Century stuff, and then uh, you know I was, I was lucky enough to meet you know Mike, and we, we kind of hit it off because we're both old, old school, you know, karate guys, and uh, so we kind of hit it off, and we so we chat a lot, and we talk, and we we try to brainstorm about stuff, but uh, basically basically we just mainly talk about like two old dinosaur karate guys and that's I mean that's what he is but he's also you know making the whole world a better place by providing you know the best martial arts equipment around so I want to thank you for that man it's great being your friend and uh, and thanks for coming on our little uh, Pitmaster in the Dock podcast hey thank you guys appreciate it alright thank you it was great meeting you alright brother I'll call you in a little while thanks <laughs>